I'd like to give honor to the full throne of God, and I'm so happy to be here and to give this presentation. Um, I'd like to say Sabbath greetings to all those who are listening. And uh, I'm going to be talking about Cyrus, the Persian king and God's appointed shepherd. Cyrus the Great was the first emperor of the Medes and Persian Empire. Media and Persia were two nation tribes that existed in what is now present-day Iran. They were always fighting against and trying to control one another. Cyrus's father was the king of Persia, and his mother was a princess, the daughter of the king of the Medes. Cyrus was a great conqueror, who at one point controlled the greatest empire known to man. He is best remembered as a tolerant and benevolent leader. He considered himself a liberator, delivering the people from the cruel hands of the king of Babylon and other tyrants like him. Within 20 years after becoming the king of Persia, Cyrus conquered the Medes, the Lydians, and the Babylonians. But first, he conquered the Medes. Instead of killing and enslaving the people, he united the kingdoms and incorporated both Mede and Persian nobles as civilian officials in his empire. And that's why it's called the Empire of the Medes and the Persians. The greatest, the highest rulers were Medes and Persians. He went on to conquer the other nations in the east, and then he turned his attention to the west and conquered Babylon. The city of Babylon which was the capital city of the Empire of Babylon, surrendered to the forces of Cyrus without resistance. It is the conquest of Babylon that is the most important for us to understand. Oftentimes the leaders, prophets, and saints in the Bible are examples prophetically of something that God or Christ is going to do. Cyrus was an example of Jesus Christ even though Cyrus was a Gentile and a worshiper of idols, he was a child of God. Now we can read about this when we go um, to the Apocrypha. We're going to go to the book of Baal and the Dragon and read verses 1 to 5 and how uh, the conversation that Daniel has with King Cyrus. And King Astyages was gathered to his father. That was uh, Cyrus's father. And Cyrus of Persia received his kingdom. And Daniel conversed with the king and was honored above all his friends. Now, the Babylonians had an idol called Baal, and there were spent upon him every day twelve great measures of fine flour and forty sheep and six vessels of wine. And the king worshipped it and went daily to adore it. But Daniel worshipped his own god. And the king said unto him, Why dost not thou worship Baal? Who answered and said, Because I may not worship idols made with hands, but the living God who hath created the heaven and the earth and has sovereignty over all flesh. And we know that uh, during the time that Nebuchadnezzar was alive, Daniel didn't worship the idols that Nebuchadnezzar worshipped, and he certainly wasn't going to worship these idols now that, um, that Cyrus had taken over the kingdom of, uh, of Babylon. Now the scripture calls Cyrus God's shepherd 
and said he surnamed him. Now, surname is your common, is the common family name, the name that's common to all of the members of the family. In other words, it's like, for most people, it's your father's name. Uh, when a woman marries, it, it, she may take on her husband's name, and all the children have the same last name. And to surname, when uh, it said that God surnamed Cyrus, it meant that he was a child of God. Because it says also in the scripture how God would write his name upon us. And this was essentially the same thing when he surnamed Cyrus. It is said in Isaiah 45, 1-4, and I'm going to read that now. Thus saith the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have holden, to subdue nations before him. And you see, the things that Cyrus did was only because it was a will of God for him to do that. God gave him the power to do that. He made the other kings afraid and weak before him. And I will loose the loins of kings to open before him the two-leaved gates, and the gates shall not be shut. I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in sun of the bars of iron. And I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places, that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which call thee by thy name, am the God of Israel. For Jacob my servant's sake and Israel my elect, I have even called thee by thy name. I have surnamed thee, though thou hast not known me. And again in Isaiah 44, verse 28. The prophet Isaiah relates to us what the Lord says about Cyrus. And he says that God said of Cyrus, that saith of Cyrus, he is my shepherd and shall perform all my pleasure, even saying to Jerusalem, thou shalt be built and to the temple thy foundation shall be laid. Now in the book of Bel and the Dragon, after Daniel proves to him that the idols of, of Babylon are false. And it's a very interesting book if you want to read it. He proves to him in no uncertain terms that the, the, the uh, priests of Baal were all lying, pretending that this idol was eating this food and, and this great dragon, which um, we're not exactly sure what it was. It may have been a, uh, one of those big uh, crocodiles or something like that. That, that that really had no power. And they were, in those days, they were worshiping all these that types of things. He proved that these were not gods. This is what Cyrus proclaims in verse 41. Then cried the king with a loud voice, saying, Great art thou, O Lord God of Daniel, and there is none other beside thee. And we know when we read uh, in the book of Daniel about Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar said, oh Lord, there's no God above uh, the God of Daniel, but um, his heart was, Nebuchadnezzar had a very hard heart, and he, he never changed and became a righteous man. Cyrus conquered Babylon, but we know that Babylon is more than just an ancient nation. Babylon spiritually is the kingdom of Satan. It is spoken about even in the book of Revelations to the end of the world. The king of Babylon also refers to Satan. And we can find that in Isaiah 14, 3 through 15. And I'm going to read some of this. For the Lord will have mercy on Jacob and will yet choose Israel and set them in their own land. And the strangers shall be joined with them and they shall cleave to the house of Jacob. 
and the people shall take them and bring them to their place, and the house of Israel shall possess them in the land of the Lord for servants and handmaids. I'm sorry, I started with verse 1, but I'll continue on. Whose captives they were, and they shall rule over their oppressed. Now I'm going to go down to, uh, to yeah, verse 3. And it shall come to pass in the day that the Lord shall give thee rest from thy sorrow and from thy fear and from the hard bondage wherein thou was made to serve, that thou shalt take up this proverb against the king of Babylon and say, How hath the oppressor ceased the golden city ceased? And I want you to understand in reading this, this was not talking about something that happened a long time ago. In fact, actually, when Isaiah was writing about the king of Babylon and when he was writing about Cyrus, Neither one of them were in power yet. Cyrus had not even been born. But the Lord knew about all these things. You see, he even named Cyrus before he was born. The Lord had broken the staff of the wicked and the scepter of the rulers. He who smote the people in wrath with a continual stroke, he that ruled the nations in anger is persecuted and none hindereth. This was before Nebuchadnezzar came into power. The whole earth is at rest and is quiet. They break forth into singing. Yea, the fir trees rejoice at thee, and the cedars of Lebanon sing. Since thou art laid down, no feller has come up against us. So who are we talking about? Let's go on down a little bit to verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine, thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation on the sides of the north, which proves conclusively that the king of Babylon is Satan. I will send above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. Now I will go on and continue on. Who's going to defeat Satan? It is Christ that will defeat Babylon and the king of Babylon. Now, back to Cyrus. Cyrus also liberated the Jews and made a decree to build the temple. This is what Christ is going to do. He came as our Redeemer to free us from sin and death. He will free his people and build his house. Cyrus did not want to force the nations that he conquered to all live the same way. He allowed each nation to keep their own traditions and worship their own gods. He even allowed them to have their own leaders. But of course, over all of them, over each of the different nations, he divided them up. There was a, a, a noble of the Medes and Persians who was over that, that particular segment. He also declared one of the first, the, the dictionary, the, the uh, encyclopedia says the first. But I say it was not the first chart of human rights. That's in the Bible. But he declared one of the first charters of human rights. In his this way, he hoped to bring peace to all of his subjects. And this charter of human rights is important because all the other kings were tyrants. You couldn't say or do you know you said anything to Nebuchadnezzar, he'd throw you in the fiery furnace and sack. There was you had no rights. But did he bring peace? That did not happen. Now let's compare when Christ comes. Unlike Cyrus. He's not going to allow people to do whatever they want to do. That's what people right now, thinking commonly, that would be a good thing. We all worship the way we feel like worshiping, and that's a good way. 
But do we have peace doing that right now? We don't have peace doing that right now. And they did not have peace during the days of Cyrus. He never had a moment's rest. And during the days of the, any of the kings of the Medes and Persians, though it was a kinder, more benevolent, more conciliatory uh, way of this kingdom than, than all of those other uh, four nations that God gave to rule his people. He hoped to bring peace, but it didn't happen. Um, when Christ comes, everyone is going to have to put down their idols and worship him, the one true God. That's how he's going to bring peace. Because when you have the true God standing there, then you all have to recognize who he is and the true belief and obey God as he tells us to obey, which nobody is doing right now. Cyrus, Darius, and the other emperors of the Persian Empire did not see peace. They were constantly fighting battles. You read about it, I felt kind of sorry for, for Cyrus because he was such a good man and he never could have peace. One nation after the other would revolt. Revolt. One king after another would constantly try to take over the empire. In fact, during the time that Joshua and Zerubbabel were building the altar in the temple, they were hindered constantly by envious and rebellious nations. This caused the work of the house of God to stop during the reign of Artaxerxes. Cyrus was constantly going out to battle. In those days, the king would often lead the troops. Now, Cyrus was killed in battle in 530 B.C. I think he was about 51 years old, if I've counted it right. And that was about 10 years after he conquered Babylon. So he was the emperor of the Medes and Persians over everybody for 10 years. But um, beforehand, he was just the king over Persia. The Medes and Persian Empire lasted about 200 years, about 192 years, I think exactly, until Alexander the Great conquered the empire. And I'd like to thank you for your attention. That's the end of my presentation. And the next speaker is going to be Sister Gloria, and she will be discussing Zerubbabel laying the groundwork for the Second Temple.